people of the world, hello and welcome to the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm, where our purpose is a simple one. Tune into our weekly podcast each Friday, wherever you listen to your favorite programs or on this website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice as the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. To reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions, we're at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, the Facebook group of the same name, and if you care to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned for details about our upcoming news and perspective show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. Hey, welcome again to The Brothers Talk. We are here again this week to focus on issues that are relevant to the Black community from our perspective. And we just want to do a quick shout out for those of you who have been asking questions about some of the product. If you have a product out there and you're interested in potentially sponsoring our podcast, feel free to contact us at thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And that also is for those of you who are interested in perhaps contacting some of the vendors that we've mentioned on the show. So with that, we're glad to have you on board. And here's Scott and Norm. Hey, family. Hope you're being safe, cautious, and aware of what's going on with the pandemic. And I hope you continue to listen to us and support us. Hey, family. It's Norm. And I just wanted to thank everyone for the support, as usual. And as Rod mentioned, I really... I'm happy to hear that some of you are questioning the toilet paper company that I mentioned in the prior episode. And as Rod said, um, please contact us through the email and we'll give you all the information of the companies that we deal with that provide excellent service. Thank you. All right. So this week, we want to talk about the Black political scene. In the United States, you basically only have two options. That's Democrat and Republican. There have been a lot of efforts to try and start a third party. But if you look back over the history of the nation, it was fundamentally designed to be a two-party system. And obviously, we'd be a lot better off if we had third parties creating more of a choice. But that's just not the way it currently is set up. So it means that for lack of a better option, you're stuck with choosing either Democrat or Republican. And what we are starting to see is that there are a number of folks who are attempting to portray the notion that there is a lot of splintering in the Black voting community going over to the Republican side, specifically going to support 45. We don't see it. And we see polls that try to inflate the numbers and saying anywhere from 8 to 14 percent means that there would be basically one out of every 10 Black people who supports 45. And that's just not something that any of us have any kind of experience with. So we want to talk about the options that we have. You know, we know the Republican option. We know that Joe Biden is probably going to be the presumptive Democratic nominee. And so we see some differences along the way in terms of how people are viewing this election. There are those who are staunchly tied to the democratic process, looking at Joe Biden as the continuation of the Obama legacy. There are those who, as we just mentioned, who are basically saying they intend to support 45. And then there is another group who is stuck in the middle saying they think 
it's the devil on both sides and there's no need to really support either one, which I would argue, if you don't support the Democratic side, you're actually supporting the Republican side because the Democrats have to have our votes in order to win. Now, the difference that I see and that I think we're going to talk about is that when you have the Democrats who so need our vote in order to be successful, we ought to hold them accountable in a way that other groups do and that we have not done. We've been giving them our vote on blind faith ever since 1965 because of the Civil Rights Act. But we have very little to show for it. And now's the time where we really need to exercise our political muscle. We really need to have in writing the kinds of things that we want the the Democratic Party to study, to put in place, to commit to if we help them get elected. So that's kind of where we're launching out to look at these different sides of the political spectrum. So Scott, Norm, what's your view? Well, for me, I'm a little disappointed in what's going on in terms of Black leadership when it comes to politics, especially what's going on now. I agree with much of what you said about the two parties, whether we're gonna, you're gonna support Democrat or Republican. The thing is, we gotta ask for something from whomever get our vote. I'm disappointed in the black leadership, and I, can, I guess I can say the Congressional Black Caucus, because we got something going on now with this pandemic. And it seems like everybody, we're in agreement, all the experts are in agreement, all the talking heads are in agreement that black folks are the ones who are disproportionately being impacted by this virus. And I don't see any black leadership trying to lead and tell folks, hey, practice social distancing. Don't go to these businesses just because they opened up. These are the people who are going to be negotiating for us if Biden get elected or Trump 45 remain in office. This is the leadership that we've got to count on to negotiate whatever we may get out of this for our vote or whomever we vote for, this leadership hasn't rose to the occasion. And I'm disappointed that I don't see that. I see a lot of other people on TV. I see a lot of people on a lot of shows. I mainly watch MSNBC and CNN and local news. I just don't see where the leadership is coming from in terms of Black folks. Uh, it's, it's not going to come because the Black political establishment is owned by the political establishment. And they're going to walk lockstep in whatever Pelosi and that whole gang decides to do. You know, they're really not there to represent us. They're there to be the Black face of the establishment. That's pretty obvious because they really don't represent us. Yeah. So, so that, that's what I see from them. And dealing with people like Claiborne, who just really sold out. Clyburn. Clyburn, excuse me, endorsed Biden. And then after the fact, is going to come to Biden and ask him to hire some Black people to basically canvas and do the groundwork. If you want to ask for Black jobs, you should do that actually prior to endorsing him. Because that goes to what, what, what Rod was saying. Rod was talking about, you know, we need something in writing to say that if we, if we support the winner, then what are we going to get from it? And right now, we don't have anybody who's going to negotiate. Right now, they're trying to push Stacey Abrams on Joe Biden's ticket. Every time I turn on TV, they got Stacey Abrams on asking her opinion about Joe Biden and his supposedly 
sexual harassment complaint that this woman filed. She kind of sidestepped. I saw on CNN that Don Lemon was, was interviewing her about whether or not the governor of Georgia should be opening up, and she kind of sidestepped that. Here's a guy who stole the election from her, and this is showing you to me right now, she's getting on board with the, with the people who are representing us now. We're not going to get a straight answer from her. She's not going to do the things that we need her to do, a vice president who's going to represent us. She's not going to do those things. She's already demonstrating that to me. Well, I think you both had really good points, especially about the Black Caucus and where they are, because just like the government at large, when we talk about the House and the Senate, there are just too many people who've been there for far too long. And just like anything else, familiarity breeds contempt. When you are there and all you're concerned about is your speaking fees and who, what lobbyists are going to hire you to come out to their events, then you really are not focused on your constituents anymore. And I think that's why they are so afraid of the progressives who are coming in because they have a fire under them. You know, who, how long it'll be there is a whole nother case. But in the interim, these people like AOC and Ilian Omar and Rashida Tlaib and Ayanna Presley, you know, they are coming in with the idea that they do represent their constituents because they are their constituents. You know, they are not the millionaires who have run from all these other groups, including the Black Caucus, who are disconnected from their communities. Because like you said, Scott, how is it that there isn't someone from the Black Caucus who is standing up as the spokesman for the Black Caucus? As we said last time, there are a lot of individuals out getting their 15 minutes of fame on any given network, but that just further splinters the process. And so we definitely need more of a unified voice, and that includes the person who's going to negotiate with Biden. And Clyburn certainly was in a unique position because Biden's candidacy was on life support, and he really was dead in the water. And Clyburn not only threw him a life preserver, but basically resurrected him to the top of the heap and so much so that he is the presumptive nominee now. But as you said, what was the get back? What was there to say that if Clyburn did this, here's what Biden would do for him? And we know that there must not have been anything because as you said, now they are positioning for jobs after the fact, which that should have been something that should have been established going in. But then you also have to look at some of the other candidates like Bernie Sanders, who missed his opportunity to send Nina Turner into South Carolina to offset whatever impact Jim Clyburn, he's close to 80 years old and been around there forever, and there's just not a whole lot of fight. They're deal makers at this point, and we need people who will fight. Yes, I think Clyburn is going to get, if if Biden wins, you know, a nice, comfortable committee chair. Mm. Well, he's more powerful where he is now. He's third in line in the Congress. So he has a lot of power. Well, what I think what he got out of that, what Clyburn got out of that, was something that we don't know about. There's something that a family member got, somebody business got help, and those kind of deals are the kind of deals that we don't know about the public. And that's what I think what's going on with 45. He got so many people who are connected, who work in his administration, who uh, have congressmen and senators as spouses and parents. So that's one of the reasons you don't see people challenging him and those kind of things behind the scenes with Clyburn, but, but he got something out of that deal already. Typically what happens is 
their family members or, or some close associate, they are the ones who benefit. It's just like what Jesse used to do. He used to rile people up, and then his son ends up with a Miller Brewery uh, bottling company and, and PepsiCo and all of that kind of stuff, and nobody else gets anything. Those are the kind of deals we got we to gotta make sure that kind of thing stops. Yeah, there's a lot of backroom dealing that goes yeah. on. So let's look at that other perspective, though, because that's something that particularly bothers me and I think is heinous because you've got this issue the way CNN and company does their, their reporting that creates, to me, the false equivalency. And I want to be real clear about what that is because they decided that they are always going to give equal time to both sides of the argument. Now, that doesn't excuse the fact that not only does that never happen because whoever is coming in from the right comes in and dominates the time period and then there's only a little bit of time left for the person who's coming in from the Democratic or the progressive side to respond. But the real fallacy that I see in it is that they basically create an environment where it seems like each opinion is equally valid. And you have one side, the Democrats and the progressives, who are stating facts, who come with statistics, who come with information derived from actual science. They're speaking from the perspective of information that can be substantiated. And the other side is giving you their opinions about things. And a great example of that is when you have the folks who support 45, and this includes the black faces who come on, and will say things like, the unemployment rate for blacks is as good as it's ever been. But what you have is that there isn't anything that they can point to that 45 has done to actually impact black unemployment. And not only has he not done anything to impact it, but what are the kinds of jobs that blacks are getting? Are those really worthwhile or are they a bunch of these 725 minimum wage jobs? But what you have is those kinds of points that are being made and no attempt to really let the public know that this is only opinion on one side and facts on the other. What do you say? Yeah, you're exactly right about that. One of the things that, just to get off topic a little bit, I'm a little disappointed also in Black leadership because of what happened last week when Mitch McConnell said that, you know, we're going to let the blue states pretty much they should file for bankruptcy. We're not going to bail them out. And, and Cuomo and some of the other governors start saying, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, Mitt. You know, Kentucky brings in 60% than they take in on a yearly basis. We're supporting states like Kentucky. I'm saying all that to say that to communicate to black folks, when people have been beating us in the, in the dirt, got their foot and their knees on our throat about taking a handout or taking anything from the government, when in fact, you got these red state folks out here whining and complaining as if they're paying for everything that black folks taking and taking, you know, unemployment, welfare queen. You've heard all this stuff, people being ashamed to, to get food stamps or to get a handout from the government, while at the same time, we're funding pretty much all of these states out there in the Midwest, in the Northwest, the Mountain West, I mean, Idaho, North Dakota, South Dakota. As a matter of fact, somebody did an analysis and they showed that Texas was the only red state that doesn't take back more than they put in. The rest of the red state are pretty much welfare states. And we've been supporting them 
the inner cities, the metro areas, the large cities, those are the ones, they're taking money. That's where they're redistributing wealth in two ways. They're taking money and they're sending it to these states that a lot of those states don't have income tax, don't have a, take, a state tax. So we'll send in money to subsidize them. On the other hand, you got 45 giving tax breaks to the top 1%. We're paying for that. But we can't give money to help folks in the inner city or to help black folks. And our political, black political leaders have, to me, have failed to communicate that to black folks. to saying, look, you're not asking for a handout. All you're asking for is a piece of what you put in. You want a piece of that back. And Rod, I just wanted to address what you were speaking about, about the imbalance of coverage. What these networks have found, CNN and MSNBC, is that Fox gets the highest ratings. So what they've done is they've basically taken their leftist format and moved it right, trying to get some of that audience bit by bit, which is why you now have those kind of interviews and debates that are always going to lean to the right on those networks. Not only on those networks, where that happens, you watch C-SPAN, I watch C-SPAN a lot. They'll let these guys call in, some of these right-wing guys call in, and they just ramble on about whatever they want to talk about. They get to the talking points every time. And then if a progressive or a Democrat call in, they'll cut them off or act like they lost them. Oh, we got disconnected. They do that all the time on C-SPAN. And then sometimes some right-wing guy call in and accuse them, C-SPAN, of favoring the left and letting them get all their points in. But the right always get their talking points. Yeah. And so what we want to leave our listeners with is a challenge to be sure that you are looking at all of the information that you're taking in to determine, is that someone's opinion or are there facts involved? Because it's too important an election that's coming up that's going to impact us for years to come. A stat that came out that said fully 28% of the appellate court judges have now been put in place by 45's administration. Mitch McConnell is focused on his campaign, which he says, no vacancy left unoccupied. And so they're attempting to stack the courts because they certainly realize that over the coming decade, they are increasingly going to become the minority. And so they're trying to put together a power base that means that when they start getting the short end of the stick, they can go to court and get those cases overturned because they will have a lot of young conservative judges in place. And so we haven't even begun to think about the impact on the Supreme Court if he gets another term. But the fact that you cannot deny is that this is a racist president. 45 is indeed a racist. He's got a racist history. And the old adage says, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, and acts like a duck, it's a duck. And that you can apply to 45. His actions have been there from the start with his father, and they've continued right through the Obama administration to today. And so what we are challenging you to do as the listener and also to make sure that you spread the word is just to use your brain and ask yourself if the information that you're hearing, is it based in fact or is it based in opinion? So that's it for another edition of Brothers Talk. We thank each and every one of you again for spending some time with us. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at The Brothers Talk, Brothers Talk on Instagram, 
the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to go long form with your comments, or if you want to find out about some of the vendors that we are in touch with, you can reach us at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. And certainly if there are companies out there interested in sponsorship for the podcast, you can certainly reach us as well. So in parting, as always, we say let's do better today because that's really all we have. So please stay safe and be well.